but uh, Sam, say hello. Hello there. So today we're going to be doing a England versus Ukraine preview podcast for the game tomorrow night at 8pm in Rome. Don't miss it. Um, so Sam and I are going to give our impressions of what we'd do if we carry stuff and how we think the game might pan out. Um, so starting with, um, how, what would you change for the win against Germany, Sam? Well, I mean, as a team, I like a team, but I think that possibly, you know, getting to the latter stages of the competition, I think we could do with a bit of Phil Foden magic. I think yeah. I want to slot him in. Um, I think that Jack Grealish has got to start. The impact yeah. that he made in the Germany game, I think that might have been what won us the game because it was yeah. pretty evenly matched until he came on. Um, but yeah. I think that in terms of squad, we've definitely got the better squad. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, but the the problem is we we Ukraine have literally nothing to lose. And we can't get complacent because um obviously they're the underdogs. And I'd be looking at this being like, well, we we obviously have a chance. And if if England write us off on the night, we may maybe the better team and have a chance of knocking them out. So um I do think both Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice are on yellow cards, which is a worry. So if they pick up another, they'll be out for the semi finals should we make it. So I probably um I wouldn't play both of them. I'd probably play one just because. Just because of their confidence and their momentum and the form they're in, um, I probably slot into one like a Mason Mount coming back from isolation, maybe a Jordan Henderson, maybe even a Jude Bellingham. Who knows? But um, obviously, there is that thing where you don't really want to change a winning team too much, especially how comfortable the win was in the end. I know it was only two nil, and it, that that scoreline probably flattered us with the Miller chance. But um, I do, I do strongly believe that um, tournament football is all about momentum and, and like a togetherness as a team. And if we change the team too much, then I think that could could come back to bite us. Yeah, but, I um, I think that um, I think that although those two players are on yellow cards, I think it'd be too yeah. risky to start. Yeah, with no. them. I think if if maybe Brookman as a sub. Yeah, obviously it'll be the biggest game he's played in his career. It'll be it'll be it'll be thrown in the deep end. I think it'll be a bit too much room for him. It's confident young lad just turned eighteen. We'll, we'll have to see. But um, so Sam and I are going to go through our lineup from top to bottom and kind of just um. A state why why we chose these players. So uh, starting the keeper, pretty self explanatory. Do you have Jordan Pickford in? I do have Jordan Pickford in. So uh, England's number one hasn't put a foot wrong for England this tournament. Made made a couple made some really good saves against uh, Germany. The Timo Werner and the Kai Havertz one uh, spring to mind. Timo Werner got the wrong side of John Stones from an England point of view. Um, Pickford got down quickly and uh, kept it out. And um, just just after just after the break, Kai Havertz um, had a side on the edge of the box which he made which he did really well with, uh, lashed it back in and Pickford did just enough to push it over the bar. So I think it would be stupid dropping Pickford and he obviously will start against um, Ukraine. Yeah. So um, would you play back four, back three, back five? What what, what would you do if you go south gets up? I think I would start with a back four. Start with a conventional back four, yeah. Because I feel like, you know, when you're playing teams like, Germ- like Germany, you've obviously got the better side. Should the, a bit more respect, yeah. Attacking threat, I think. You know, five at the back is probably good, but I think with a team like Ukraine, we can dominate them. And I think if we, you know, sacrifice the player at the back for the player in the midfield, I think that'll help us dominate the game. So, um, I actually agree with you there. I would start a back four, conventional back four, because I feel like... Um, I, I, I just don't see any real point in starting a back three or back five being too negative. Um, because obviously we're, we are the better team on paper and... Um, we, I think we've got that, we've got that air of confidence. Uh, we, well, we've kept, kept clean sheets in the back four, kept clean sheets in the back three or back five when we don't have possession. Um, so I feel like a conventional back four would do the job. We haven't conceded a goal tournament, and um, I think the players we have and uh, and well, I'm not going to rattle off Ukraine, but the, the attacking powers, they attacking assets they have, 
I think it could stay that way with uh, if Southgate picks the right men. But uh, the two centre backs are pretty self-explanatory. Well, they uh, it's John Stones and Harry Maguire for me. Uh, both both put in really solid performances against Germany. Harry Maguire kind of picked up the ball and drove into midfields, created created overloads. John Stones made a few big blocks, big tackles, mainly from that team O one one. Would you would you play the same two centre halves? Um, I think I would. Yeah, I would. I mean, yeah. I'm not opposed to bringing Tyron Mings in as yeah, a big gamble, left yeah, signing, yeah. but I think that stick with the two centre backs we got. Tyron there. Mings did play against Croatia, had a really good game, but um. They're, they're the two best centre-backs, uh, simple as that, without overcomplicating things. Harry Maguire and John Stones, the two best centre-backs England have, so I think it'd be stupid not to play them in the quarter-final. So, um, when it gets tricky is the full-backs, obviously. I I would go with Carl Walker. I think he's had a good tournament. A right-back. Yeah. And I think left-back, I'd go Luke Shaw, who again had a really good game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he played, he had his, he played his part in both goals. Um he played his part in both goals for uh, making a key interception for the second. Um, make, yeah, and got, obviously got the assist for the first. So I think Luke Shaw definitely deserves to retain his position at left back. Now it's a question. Of, I think the question of uh, who starts right back is a bit more. Um, it's a bit more of a puzzle. Um, I feel like Kieran Trippett didn't have the best game. He, no, excuse me, didn't have the best game against Germany. Um, but I feel like his set pieces are quite. Um, as something that might may may play a key role in in beating Ukraine, um, but I feel like Gareth Southgate obviously likes to um, trust players who've performed for him in the past, and Kieran Trippier has done that. So um, I would reach. I put. I, I would start Kieran Trippier actually. I feel like he's 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 got he finds that right balance of um, bombing forward and also uh, doing his part defensively, and obviously his free kicks and set pieces. Such a great, great asset, and that could just that could make all the difference. So I'd actually start Kieran Trippier. Yeah, it's, it ain't it go either way. I wouldn't be surprised if played either. Yeah. Um. So moving on to the midfield, and then it's a question of obviously we referenced our Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice both on yellow cards. Um. Would we? Would Would I start both? Would you? Would you start both? Um. Firstly, who would you start as your as your in your midfield? It depends what formation you're playing, but. Um, I think. I think I'll start with Calvin Phillips and Jordan Henderson. Jordan Henderson, what's so dropping Declan Rice? Or yeah. is, that, is that solely because of the fact that uh, Declan Rice is on the yellow card? Or it's a mix think? of that, and I also think that, you know, getting to quarterfinals of a major tournament, I think you just want that extra experience as well to, yeah. have, you know, command the midfield. Henderson has played in the big games before, maybe, uh, obviously, a few more than Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips has, so maybe it'll be a bit of a. I think he'll be a bit of a leader on the pitch, but Declan Rice does look so assured for his for his young age. He did play. Well. I think he got caught out position a couple of times against Germany. Yeah, he was just on the wrong side of the likes of Tony Cruz and Lien Goretzka a couple of times, and that's kind of how he picked up his yellow card. Um, so I'd agree with you there. I, I would start Jordan Henderson uh, because I think I do think Declan Rice would be would be a great player to have in the semi-finals or the finals uh, if we do get that far. So yeah, I mean, I've, I think yeah. if, if if only one of them had a yellow card, then it would be all right to yeah. play them. But when you've got two, you yeah. know, in that defensive role, it's, I think... Yeah, but you can't, yeah. say, both of them pick up a yellow card, then it, then it really poses poses a threat for England in midfield for yeah. um, with Denmark. I think you've definitely got to drop one of them because it's just too risky yeah. to find on that. Um, so for me, I would also start Calvin Phillips, Jordan Henderson. And then I'm playing kind of like a 4-2-3-1 on paper. And um, obviously Sterling kind of moves more centrally um, as, again, when, as when we have possession. But... Um, 
as a three, obviously you reference you want Phil Foden starting, possibly Jack Grealish. There's two players that spring to mind. But um Bukayo Saka, I think I thought he was lively in the first half, kind of faded out of the game in the second. I don't I do think we have to switch things up, so I wouldn't start Saka. No, I agree, I wouldn't either. Um like to Jane and Sancho obviously on the on the brink of a big money move to Man United, has hardly got got a sniff this tournament. Um, maybe one man that could could be a bit of an unknown quantity against Ukraine. Um, but I think I think I would start Jack. I, I Jack Grealish. Obviously, this is this is what we would do, not we not what we think Southgate's going to do. But um, as a free, I think Raheem Sterling has to start. Yeah. And then I would like to see Jack Grealish start, and maybe it's between for me it's between too many, but Phil Foden or Mason Mount. Um, and I'd probably play Mason Mount for that play extra bit of balance. Um, yeah. Um, I think that I don't think he will do this, but what I would like to see, I'd like to see Jack Grealish down the middle, and maybe maybe push Foden out to the right or the left, like we've seen him do a couple of times for sorry, yeah, uh, for Man City, and yeah. then I would have Sterling obviously on the on the wing he's been he's been our best player so far this tournament. I think I would start Foden because I think he he has that yeah there that would be helpful in the game. Well, we saw it we saw it against Croatia in that one moment where he just went on the major run hit the post obviously it just kind of shows what he's capable of obviously he didn't go in but he looked lively. Um, if, if that doesn't work possibly bring on Saka as a super sub I think that yeah that's be... that's the that's the thing about England we've got so much strength and depth in the that we didn't have in years prior that oh we've kind of just it's it's a good problem to have uh, sitting here and thinking about who we might bring on 60 if we're chasing the game or if we're trying to see out the game and progress the next rounds. We've got so many options to cater for all those different um, kind of all those different circumstances that could occur. So, um, But that that does make it, you know, hard for Gareth Southgate. Yeah, Gareth Southgate does find himself because, in a very difficult position, doesn't he? You know, he, um, he it, it seems at this point that the person who he doesn't, who he doesn't play, he then gets, yeah. you know, um, because obviously these players are yeah these players players are big names to their club and they obviously pretty much play every game like the likes of like Dominic Calvert-Lewin that's, I haven't got a minute in this tournament I don't think um, Sancho as he starts well every, start, he wasn't even on the bench yeah it doesn't starts every game for Borussia Dortmund Sancho starts every game for Everton Dominic Calvert-Lewin and um, these players maybe they were expecting to get get more minutes and it's it, but as as we get a few like wins under our belt South gets like well, we're winning, so I don't really see the point of changing like a winning team. I don't so, but um, the, some players we've got so many, we've got so many, so much quality that Southgate is is going to have to make hard decisions and drop some players and like the right back positions going forward, uh, even our number one. Um, I I feel because well, we're sitting here arguing whether, whether we start Foden or Mason Mount. Is this a problem? Is this a problem that England haven't had in the past? And it just kind of shows how much. Um, how much talent we have coming through and how much we've evolved under Southgate. But um, as a free, I would start Sterling, Grealish and um, Mount if it's up to me. I think that's got a good, good amount of balance. Yeah. And um, as a number nine, it's got to be Harry Kane, surely? Yeah, it has got to be Kane. He didn't have the greatest game last yeah. game, but he obviously did get that goal, which I think will yeah, I think massively boost his confidence going forward. Yeah, yeah. obviously you're a Spurs fan. And uh, how, how has he played differently compared to um, compared to how he's playing in England shirts? Does he play... Were you slightly slightly confused of how he's playing for England? Is it a wrong system? Well, um, I think that in the games that we've seen so far, um, for England, it's been more, you know, quite a few long balls over the top for Sterling to run on to. And, I mean, 
although I do think Harry Kane is one of the best strikers in football, he doesn't have the pace to be able to play like that. I think yeah. he's got to be dropping deep, you know, receiving the ball deep, playing it wide. Um, I think that's the sort of role that he's got to be playing, but that's not the role yeah. that Southgate's playing him in. So it's yeah, it's tricky, but. But but the thing, Harry Kane's Harry Kane's a world class striker and he will score goals no matter what system he's in. But just um, I feel like if you can if you can get the right kind of players around him and play the right kind of game plan, Harry Kane could be so deadly. And uh, yeah. if we do that against Ukraine, he could genuinely be a difference. Um, but so that that I think that concludes our starting 11s. and then um, substitutions. Obviously, we've got chasing the game. I'll bring on the likes of Jaden Sancho, um, Phil Foden. Um, Phil Foden, Marcus Rashford, we've got so much pace at the bench. And then trying to see how I bring on Declan Rice, you've got Tyrone Mings, you've got yeah. uh, Cole, Cole Walker, Eisenstein. I think maybe if we're winning, going to a five-back might be the right. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, Sam, do you, do you want to make a prediction or do you not want to jinx it? Um, I don't want to make predictions because I think, you know, people making predictions in a game like this, they'll think, yeah, you know, yeah, they're not a great side. I don't think we can underestimate them. I watched them against Sweden. You know, they yeah. like a Sweden top top the group against you know Spain and yeah. t- teams like that. And you know they're they're yeah. good sides. I don't think we can underestimate them. I think yeah, they're a, lot of that, um, a good game. A lot of people saying that red card hindered Sweden. Obviously, it did. But um, I still think that Ukraine showed immense character to score in the hundred twentieth minute to uh, send send them through to the next round. And um, yeah. A couple of players we need to look out for Zinchenko. Obviously, I think he kind of plays in the midfield for um for Ukraine, and that's he kind of he, he met the ball at the back post and he hit a re- he lashed it, lashed it in, didn't he? A really good goal. Yeah. And um, Yarmolenko has been dangerous all tournament. Obviously, their their captain. Um, and I just feel like Ukraine. Obviously, it's in it's in Rome, not Wembley, so we're not going to have the uh, advantage. They've already told, I think, the Italian government of of encouraging the fans to stay at home. Um, and UEFA have warned England fans that if they do do go to Rome, they won't be allowed in the stadium uh, due to whatever the circumstances we're in. Um, but I do think Ukraine do have the capabilities on their day to, to hurt England massively. Uh, but if England keep keep kind of a sense of showing show Ukraine a sense of respect, to also also have also realise that we are the better team on paper and we should be winning this, and kind of play over play with an intent and a, a desire and not not be as passive as maybe we were against Germany and not bide our time as much. I do think that England should win this and we'll win this. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, one thing to mention, I think we've got to assume it won't make a difference because there's been lots of things, you know, speculation about the, obviously, German referee, Germany. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, are we going to, is that going to impact the game in any way? We're obviously yeah. hoping it won't, but... Um, you know, it's a massive coincidence that after yeah. we beat Germany. Oh, to, to be honest, I do think people are looking into that a bit too much. Uh, these guys are professionals and they've uh, refereed the 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 um, top many times before, and they they wouldn't be um, ref- refereeing a quarter final if um, UEFA, a huge company, didn't think didn't think they were able to. So um, I do think the England fans are looking. It, it does look a bit shady as uh, yeah. from an England fans perspective, but I do think people are looking into that a bit too much, and I think they do a fine job. As as referees have done all year, all, all tournaments. Sorry, um, VAR has been on point. I think the referees have have let let games go really well. But they've officiated. They've imposed. They've imposed themselves, and they are the ones in charge. They've officiated really well, in my opinion. 
Yeah. But, um, obviously, the England-Ukraine game isn't isn't the only big game from an England's point of view because there's Belgium time of recording. So Switzerland are drawing Spain one and win extra time. Switzerland are a man down. Um, and Belgium are playing. Belgium are playing Italy tonight, eight o'clock. And I think we should just cover that briefly. So, uh, firstly, what have you made of Belgium and Italy's tournament so far? Well, um, uh, obviously Italy had a really, really good group stage. I think that they yeah. they looked the strongest out of all the teams I'd I'd watch play because you know the amount of possession they had, they created chances. They were playing a bit like you know Man City do now, and they were they were looking really dangerous. But when I watched yeah. them, um, when I watched them play Austria, yeah, um, I thought they were they were quite poor. Yeah, for most of that Especially game. In the second half, yeah. Um, and also it's worth to mention about Belgium. Um, when I've seen Romelu Lukaku play, he's he's, he's really looked sharp. And yeah, I also think with teams like Belgium, they've got so much quality. You know, they can be being dominated in a game, and then Kevin De Bruyne picks up. up, up yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of what happened against Denmark, wasn't it? Um, yeah. They're trading the whole game. They're kind of. Um, they were kind of backs against the wall, and then suddenly a um, Romelu Lukaku um, and Kevin De Bruyne, two moments of magic, kind of gave handed those handed them the three points. But um, I agree with you. Uh, but I've been speaking to several people by this, and everyone's have been sitting on the fence. Like there's people voting on who they think's going to win. It's like Belgium fifty one percent, Italy forty nine percent. Generally, in this game could go either way, and I think it's two top teams playing at playing at the highest level tonight. And I think I'm just hoping for a really good game of football. Um, now Chiesa, he came he came off the bench against Austria to score a really good goal. Will Will he start tonight? I'm not too sure, but um, I think I think I do think he's got a big future ahead of him. Um, some some players to look out for for both teams. Obviously, reference to two for Belgium, Romelu Lukaku. I think he's joint top scorer. No, he's training Ronaldo, I believe, but Portugal are out. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, but I I am worried about that. Um, if I was a Belgian fan, I would be worried about that backline. Yeah, obviously they did keep keep keep. Portugal quiet, but a backline of Alderweireld, Vermaelen, and Vertonghen. They oh, are they're free aging centre backs, yeah. And um, maybe maybe the experience could could uh, pay dividends, but I really think the the Italian like strike force of like Immobile, Insigne, um, Chiesa, all Chiesa is starting lineups out uh, could really could really hurt Belgium. But uh, if I had to, if I had to offer a prediction here, I would say I could I could see this game going the distance, but I don't think it will. I think it'll be low scoring, but I think I think Italy will uh, will win one nil. My opinion. Well, that is interesting. I'm I'm actually going to go with a two 0 win for Belgium. Two 0 win for Belgium. Oh, well, you heard it here first. Um, but yeah, I just Spinazzola Spinazzola has been really good for it in this tournament. Uh, Donnarumma has been solid. They've only conceded one goal. I know England have conceded none, but um, I do think Italy have had such a strong tournament so far. But when when Austria didn't, didn't just roll over like teams kind of did in the group stage, I think Italy were kind of taken aback by that. And um, obviously they're going under this unbelievable run on under Roberto Mancini, the um, Premier League winning manager. Um, but they haven't really played too many strong sides in that. Uh, I think something like the Czech Republic have been the best team they've played in those like twenty two, twenty three games they've won in a row, and um, maybe when they play Belgium tonight, that like, step up will kind of just be, kind of take them aback, and they'll be a big, mm. maybe I mean, I, that I maybe their overconfidence will kill them. Yeah, I think it's some of you know the way that they've been winning games is that they've been keeping keeping the ball, and obviously when you keep keep the ball, you create chances, and you know when yeah. that's easy to do against the 
yeah guys aren't as good that they did in the group stage you know it's, that's easy that kind of play style but when you know when you're playing Belgium you've got the midfield that they do of you know they've got uh, De Bruyne Axel Witzel you know they're not going to be able to keep the ball like that so I think that you know that might change up their game plan possibly we might see them playing a bit more defensive so I think it'll be interesting to see um, yeah, and another game that will impact England is the one five the early kickoff to, um, on Saturday. It's um, Czech Republic versus Denmark. Um, now the winner is likely to play is likely to play England should they go through against Ukraine. Um, and what have you? Obviously, Denmark have been really impressive. They blitz Wales in the last round. Czech Republic did that massive upset against the Netherlands. How do you think that game will go? I well, it's. It's it's interesting because I think that in terms of you know quality of football, I definitely I definitely say that Denmark have been playing the better football. Yeah. But yeah. you know when I watched Czech play on the Netherlands, they were so like you know they're really aggressive. Yeah. And I think that kind of the determination was something that yeah. Could see them. Got, both teams have a season. lot of heart. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be a proper like dog dog fight. Even um, like I think Denmark have almost like bonded as a team and got closer after that Christian Eriksen like incident, that freak incident. Um, and I think they've kind of they've become more of a unit together after after that, and they've kind of um, they've got each other's back. They're, they they're going on this like kind of fairy tale story after that. Um, and um, I do think Denmark will win, but I don't think it'll be comfortable. Obviously, Patrick Schick's having a really good tournament for that one goal against Scotland. Um, I think people are right, uh, kind of demining uh, the Czech Republic here. And they, they have gone on like a really good route to the uh, quarterfinal. They beat the Netherlands. Uh, they performed well in the group stage and that really lost to England. Uh, they drew to Croatia, could have won. They beat Scotland. I do think they're, they're a force to be reckoned with. Um, and I, it wouldn't surprise me if the Czech Republic beat Denmark, but just 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 purely based on the fashion, um, Denmark beat beat Wales. I'm gonna have to have to go for a Denmark win. Yeah. But, um, what what weekend of football is going to be in store? And um, both Sam and I are really looking forward to unpacking it. So um, the next podcast is going to be a Ukraine England instant match reaction, and um, that's going to be it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Um, anything to add, Sam? No, but this um, this Spain game has just gone to the second half of extra time. So. Yeah, you're gonna have to catch the end of that. But um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening, and see you next time. Thank you. Cheers.